Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Uh, today, we also have a special guest with us, mm. our opening kill. Uh, he is a co-host with me for Slayerfest 98, author of YA novel Surrender Your Sons. Please welcome... Adam Sass. Yes. Hi, Adam. Hi. Hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Here we are. You are our first <laughs> guest. Opening it on, the, I'm the Drew Barrymore. Um, I'm the Jada Pinkett. Although she wasn't, she wasn't the first. She was technically the boyfriend first. Yeah, Hi. I've been I've been telling everybody we've got our first guest on My Bloody Judy, and uh, it's a published author. So, oh my god, pretty so big pub- deal around my household right now. Ooh, okay, yeah. so published. Oh my gosh, stamp stamped of approval. Um, well, thank thank you all so much. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. So you you need a star to kill off in your opening scene. Yes, here I am. Everyone's <laughs> expecting me to stay the whole episode, but I'll just die in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> throw that transatlantic accent on and. Let's, there we let's go. Let's get to it. <laughs> in Radio Land. Oh, God, I'm made for that. I'm made for it. Yeah, so like, like Ian said, um, Adam is the author of Surrender Your Sons. Tell us a little bit about that book real quick. We'll throw some promo in here. Yeah, Surrender Your Sons is my debut novel. It's um, it's a young adult thriller, mystery, action-adventure. Uh, it is about uh, Connor Major, who is a young gay boy who is abducted out to a conversion therapy camp on this sort of secretive mysterious island very lost very low to the flies uh and on this island um he starts to uncover some of the the dark secrets that the camp is hiding and he meets uh the other teenage campers there and while uncovering the mystery they they decide that they're going to uh band together and uh basically escape and uh shut down the camp in the process I almost was like, wait, where did I? Oh, that's the review I wrote because it's my one of my employee staff picks at work. Oh, and I think I, I thought I did a pretty good, concise, like, wreck for it, Adam. But now I can't even remember what the fuck I said. On it. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty just, pitchable. I mean, it's like it's pretty much just like, yeah, it's like queer teens rebel against a conversion therapy camp. Shut it down. It's 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 an escape story. It's like a prison break story. Um, it's a, it's a lost escape the island story, but with this like sort of very queer righteousness, righteous fury angle. Yeah. Surrender your son. So me and my husband listened to it on a, on a road trip we just recently took and we really, really liked it. And I was looking through, uh, some of the, some of the hype for it and, uh, what top 20, 20 indie press books of the year nominated mm-hmm. for best villain and Epic reads book contest. Any others you can think of? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Um, Kirkus Reviews, which is a big trade review, mm-hmm. named it as one of the top uh, YA books of 2020. Um, uh, my mom said it was her favorite book of all time. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but she's just trying to score points because she is very nervous that people will think that I based the mom character off of her, which I did not. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, another one from you pretty soon. Ooh. Um, yeah, I cannot confirm or deny, but um, looking good. Well, today we are going to be doing a two-in-one. We're going to be covering the 1974 and 2006 versions of Black Christmas. We're not going to be doing 2019 version because, I mean, that, that movie's more of its own thing anyway. So it doesn't really follow the plot of these two. It's, so, uh, it doesn't even feel like horror to me, that that movie. I mean, I've only seen the trailer, but like it just yeah. that's why I didn't, it just felt so much more like... Um, it felt more like an action-y kind mm-hmm. of, it felt like Sucker Punch a little bit, but like hmm. not stylized. 
Yeah. Did you had you had you all seen either of these movies um, before we decided to sit down and do this? Yes, I'm a big long term fan of um, the original Black Christmas in the 1970s. And had you had you seen the 2006 one before, Adam? Uh, no, no, I have not. Because again, I'm, okay. I'm I'm such a snob. I'm just I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm like I'm like. Well, they basically stopped making good horror after 1990. Oh, whatever. <laughs> you really are that person. <laughs> I'm just like, like I have like none interest, and I really have to force myself. And I'm like, it's good, good. And Ian, you hadn't seen either of them. I hadn't seen either of them. Okay. No. Yeah. Well. I was really excited for you to watch them and very disappointed at your reaction. <laughs> I mean, you liked, you liked when I didn't like, um, yeah. what the hell movie didn't I like? Oh, I mean, I liked it, but you liked hearing me be shitty about Halloween. I did. No, no, no. I, I welcome the opposing opinion, but I, I don't you know. know. I felt so bad after that. I text Zach to be like, hey, I'm sorry if I was too mean. And Zach was like, no, I thought it was good. Because like, I could hear. 1978 or like 2018? 2018, because in, 19, oh. in Halloween uh, 1978, he was like, I could tell there was a lot he wanted to say and he was holding back. So for 2018, Whoa. I just told him, go for we- it. I won't relitigate Hollywood 2018, Hollywood, ha- Halloween 2018. But um, I will relitigate Halloween 2018. But I will because I don't want Ian to just die a hard, lonely death out here. Um, because I do, it's one of those things where I feel like Halloween is so important to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's like super, I don't think it's bad. Like, I feel like it's a really good, I still watch it every year. Like, I'm like, I'm super into it. Like, I, I would watch mm-hmm. it right now. Um, it's just a matter of like, I feel like, the, my hardest reviews for things often are not like the super flops, but when like when it's so close to greatness and it, yeah. and it fails in, in a few key ways, that for me ends up being like so. Because I think like the the new Star Wars movies are kind of like that, where I'm like, oh, you could have done this and this and that, and then it would have been great. Now yeah, we have to yeah. hate it now. Like, yeah, no, and, I, and, and I I would agree with that with the newest Halloween that like it was very close to being great. Um, and I did enjoy it. Like right. there was definitely stuff I liked. Um, just, you know, like the writer in me was just like, if, why don't you do a B and C? Like, it's kind of a little bit, it's a little bit just like, uh, move. Like I'll do yeah. it. Like, I'm just yeah. like <laughs> I mean, it, 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 there, there was a lot. Yeah. Just like you said, it was just so close to greatness, but the good thing about that is they have Halloween kills and Halloween ends following those up. So um, there was, there's plenty of room for, uh, course correction, you know, the, to take the take the yeah. criticisms from the fans and from critics and, and kind of apply those going forward. I super agree, Zach, and I feel like the critiques, everyone's critiques are basically the same. Yeah. So I feel like there's not going to be a lot of like, oh, people hated yeah. different things, you know. And I mean, like, you never fucking know. We could, Dr. Sartain could just be coming back. Oh know? my God, I would, <laughs> I would be like... What is y'all's problem? Like, I was like, what are we doing with this doctor? <laughs> it was a weird, it was a weird, it was, I was almost like, are you doing an homage to yeah, like all the, the Halloweens? Cause it yeah. felt like so, and other things. So like my husband, like still like enjoys this movie, but like he has a different qualm. Like he is, um, his favorite Halloween is two. Um, so he's like super mad that that yeah. got retconned out. So a, a lot of a lot of people were. I think it was just yeah. if the sister. Um, we'll have to cut all this right. out because it's it's too long anyway. But if the sister storyline wasn't into, I feel like they would have included it. But I feel like they've felt pinned up against the wall having a sister brother storyline. 
Yes, because H2O did it so well. And I felt yeah. there was um there was a YouTuber, I can't remember his name right now, but um he had a really good thing where he was basically like if the aesthetic um and the cast of Halloween twenty eighteen had been done with the script of Halloween H two O, like yeah. merge those two movies, it would be the perfect movie. Something something Yes, similar. um I, I'm glad you said that, Adam, because Zach does not look as lovingly on H2O. That's not true. No, I love H2O. I just, I think it is, it is a summer teen horror flick movie, it and it feels like that. It feels very California, you know, um, stable of actors. It feels like that to me, but I still very much love the story, and it is one of Jamie Lee Curtis's best performances. Correct. Because it... Because there's here's the thing, like, and I feel like this comes down to everybody's personal taste. So I feel like Zach, I feel like you need the flavor of Halloween in there, and like yeah. it does not have that. It has like scream flavor. It has like I know what you did last summer. That's flavor. exactly it. Yes. And it just was made in this. It just like is drenched in that like weirdly slick, um, sort of late '90s way of doing horror, mm-hmm. which works like gamebusters for other things. But like I feel like Halloween has like such a vibe. Um, that it's just it's missing that Halloween vibe, but you have these great emotional touch points and climaxes and 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 you know I don't know it just it feels way more like Lori makes sense more in this one than she did in 2018 for me. But we're opening that box up again. We got to talk about Black Christmas, but I mean it's important to talk about Halloween when talking about Black Christmas. It because is these two are linked. They are. Yeah, I didn't know until Zach told me. Um, I would have assumed that this was like a ripoff of Halloween, mm-hmm. but it came first, which is wild. Yeah. It was some, I, I can't remember what the thing is, but it was um, Carpenter and Bob Clark, um, who directed Black Christmas original, I think had worse, like they were sort of, they were, there was some, I, see, I should have done my research better before, but there is something where it is sort of unofficially, like Halloween is sort of unofficially the second anthology installment that mm-hmm. Carpenter and Bob Clark came up with. So this is actually word for word from the late Bob Bob, Bob Clark um, who directed Black Christmas. So he, this is his quote, he said he never intended to do a sequel to Black Christmas. He um, he did a film of, of a few years later. Um, he worked with Carpenter a few years later for like Warner Brothers and Carpenter on set like asked if he was ever going to do a sequel mm. to Black Christmas. And he said no. He said he was done with horror. He didn't want to do it. Um, and then Carpenter said, ooh, well, what would you do if you did a sequel? And he said it would be, like, the next year and that the guy from Black Christmas would actually have been caught, escape from an institution, and go back to the house and start all over again, and he'd call it Halloween. Yeah, so okay. they sort of did sort of it, – it's one of those things where, like, it's not listed on anyone's IMDb because it was just, like, a a, a – like a conversation like this like i have heard i have heard that that part yeah so it's nothing like official like and and i'm not saying like carpenter copied or anything but it was basically one of those things where like it's two like creative guys being like oh yeah well well what would you do i would do this like interesting and you know well i mean most things take inspiration from something or another anyway so like the word copy i don't know i mean unless it's 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 Blatant, I think that's it, a word that gets thrown around a little too much. But, I mean, both of these movies, 1974 and 2006, the reason we're covering both of them is because they follow the same sort of story of a group of sorority girls at a sorority house who begin receiving threatening phone calls from a psychopath named Billy. And this is the basic setup for both films. Uh, it's based on the urban legend of the babysitter and the man upstairs. Um, I had to do a little research on that because me and Ian were talking about it, and 
I was sure that it was that that urban legend, because urban legends come from somewhere, that that was a real thing, and it was. So um, the urban legend, legend comes from the 1950 murder of Janet Christman. She was 13 years old, and she was babysitting for a family, and police got a call um, from her, and she was just screaming for help on the phone. The line was cut, and they couldn't trace it because she hadn't been on very long, and uh, they were just hoping that she'd call back. The family got home and found her body, and that is the uh, babysitter and the man upstairs. Oh my god! Yeah. So pretty, is this sort of like awful. the origin of that, like when a stranger calls? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Wow. So when a stranger calls, it's heavily based on that urban legend, and then this one is uh, is pretty on there. Um, uh, these kind of horror stories are these these are what scare me the most is is realistic things. Like I was this. just gonna say, this scares me so much. I'm sitting in my dark office and I've got these sort of just mood lights, and I'm. I'm so scared, like it, because it's just one of these things. Like, you know, we just moved to this area, and you know, we've been living in LA for years, and then we, I, we just moved out to um, sort of the country in in North Carolina, and it's just so like it's so dark at night. Like, I don't, I'm not, my eyes aren't used to. I'm like, well, where's the streetlights? And they're like, there's no streetlights. See, this is this is how my, me being the opening kill makes sense because I'm I'm in that <laughs> Casey Becker house where the cops will never get to you in time like that. I keep thinking about that. Ian, what, what were your initial thoughts on, uh, uh, both of them, both of them back to back. Cause we watched well, these back to back. Okay. Elaine say, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not unlike Elaine. I was like, stop telling your stupid, your stupid story about the stupid sorority girls and just die already. <laughs> is how I felt. <laughs> it does take a long time for them to kill them. Like they, they kill the first one first really quickly. And then it takes a so while. Yeah. yeah. Long. And I, my, my unpopular opinion is that I do. And I do know what you, what you mean, Zach. Like I do think they have, they catch the feel and the 2006 re- remake also, I think, does a good job of like catching the like feeling of like holiday movie, but make it horror. But good God, are they both very boring? Oh goodness. Oh, you're doing that Twitter gay thing where you're like critique. Is this amorphous boring? <laughs> I was bored. I, Explo- well, I was, I was, no. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to like 1974, but I figured you would like 2006 a little bit more just because it seemed a little bit more polished up and like had Michelle Trachtenberg and even that one, you just, you weren't about it. Um, so. I, I liked it better yeah. though. Did? I thought it was like fine. Okay. I thought, I think you watched I think this I, on a bad day. That's what I think. I think, no, I think I would appreciate the original more if I had maybe seen it when I was younger. Like, I think that's something that I would that's like, true. cause Halloween, um, like the original Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis, I always still feels kind of like the only actual actor in that movie. Um, like no one else is like, she's picking up all the slack in a lot of those scenes. Um, and it just feels very seventies. This movie feels that way. And like Margot Kidder and the older house mother can be charming at times, but like the main character is completely flat. She's not a good actor. Um, she has like, it's like she's trying to cover up her accent by doing a weird American accent, and I don't know what the accent she's doing is. Um, well, Olivia I don't see. Like speaking of transatlantic, yeah, she, I think that is just the way she spoke. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. She yeah. did have this. Speaking of transatlantic, like she did have this very like sort of elocution clips way of <laughs> she, speaking. <laughs> she was Olivia Hussey was an eccentric one. She was uh, a. Oh, she's, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which is why I'm like. 
I'm like, great. I don't want some just normie in this role. Yeah. I want like, why are we following this very <laughs> like British question mark woman? So going into, going into Black Christmas 1974, directed by Bob Clark, who also did a Christmas story. Didn't realize that until like I was looking all this stuff up. So he's got he's got Christmas under his belt. Um, and it's loves the Christmas. They have the same <laughs> kind of energy. Weird. Like there's a weird. There's a weird sort of like, I feel like he's telling this like sort of dark side, light side of the coin, you know, of thing of Christmas is just like, here's, you know, here's the vibe and the lighting is so correct. I feel like he really loves um, like that sort of total darkness with just a few Christmas lights on and sort of yeah. having that just be the only lighting you're seeing in this, in the, like the final scene of a Christmas story. We just watched that the other day at home and it's very black Christmas that scene because it's, but it's like, it's warm and cozy, but all it needs is like, you know, what is, what is the, it's the same vibe. It's the same like shot. And it, it also is still like a little bit ugly. Mm -hmm. It's a little ugly. Yeah. It's, it's that sort of thing where it feels used. It's kind of like how they say about the, um, like the, the original star Wars versus the prequels, how everything, like it felt like a used future felt lived in. Um, So like, that's the thing about this house is this house feels lived in. Um, and it being sort of one of the first big slashers, um, we don't really have the archetypes in place yet. So there is sort of a like nice vibe to like, to the sorority sisters. I like, it's like a very young Andrea Martin that I'm like, throws me every time. (laughs) Um, cause I love her so much, but like as the, big fat Greek wedding aunt or whatever. Like, so (laughs) you're not used to seeing her being like, well, here I am college sophomore. Um, (laughs) Like nice nerd. Nice nerd. Oh, I know. Like she, she like her, her vibe is so my, my best friend from college. Like it's just, I I, I get that every time I see it, I'm like, I'm like, wow, this like really nice nerd who just kind of gets swept up in this. Um, And uh, yeah, I really, I really like, I like, Margot Kidder in this, obviously she's, she's got the brassiness down. Um, she's not quite Lois Lane yet, but she's getting there. Yeah. Um, I think she's the best one in this. Movie, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Very good drunk acting. I hope it was yeah. acting. I know it's the seventies and they really, really did it. <laughs> she, she's, but, she's drinking. <laughs> she's drinking. Um, I, well, I think her death scene was shot so perfectly. And I think out uh, of everything, that's what Ian like stopped and like paid yeah. attention to. I saw you look up from your phone and then after it, you, you, you told me how much you liked how that was done. You're like, I like the unicorn icicle glass thing. Yeah. End it's, of list. Well, it's, <laughs> Also, I love when Zach describes me as like a teen. <laughs> yeah, I just—I have to say, when I watch these movies with you, I am—I am looking at you to see if you're on your phone or not, um, and a m- large majority of the time you are. <laughs> Ian, so, what is your? It's, but also, I I, also Zach thinks I'm not looking because normally I have it on my TV and then my computer is in front of me, so I'm taking notes at my computer, so I'm not looking at the tv a lot well i'm just that i'm just i'm just i've always been that annoying kid who when you know i sit down and make my friends watch buffy or something like that i'm like watching them out of the corner of my eye to make sure they're paying attention oh zach i'm the same way if i saw somebody no like i had to when the new twin peak season came on in 2017 i like i had to go around and like collect everybody's phones 
<laughs> okay. I, was, I was like, phones uh, never, in the never done that. Never done that. No, uh, I, no, I, I only did it for that. I only did it for that because I'm such a like. <laughs> this was like such a moment for me. I was like, I would rather watch it alone. But if you insist on being in the room, your phones need to go in the basket. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this movie is just the original classic. Like, it's I, I love so I love just so many things about this one. Um, I think I feel like this one in 2006 blended together could have made a perfect movie because um, this one's more of a whodunit, right? Like we right. we don't know anything about Billy. We don't have the backstory. We just have this really obscene caller, um, and and even the calls in this one are a lot more like explicit, a lot more violent. Just something it's, about the plainness of it just grounds it in reality, you know? It's it's um. I don't. It's kind of what makes uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre so good. The first one, yeah, because it's just like it feels like. Because again, like for a lot of folks, like you don't know these people. You don't. You're. It's not like oh, that's George Clooney. Like none of them are like super famous. It does feel like okay, we're we're we could just be watching this through a keyhole this could be really happening i really like that you know we have a couple different storylines going on we have the girl who goes missing in the park um and that already sends like a signal that something's not right that there's somebody else around um you have the calls you have you know uh, you focus on a couple different of these sorority girls and you just to kind of i don't know because i I guess final girl at that time wasn't really a thing so you're focusing on these different girls and you're kind of like well you know, we saw the girl die in the beginning. Like, who's going to get it next? I will say, even if you don't like it, Ian, um, it's it almost is like, I feel like it's like you're getting like a really, like, really good, fresh, organic freaking sandwich or salad. Like, it's probably not the thing you're going to pick up all the time, but like, it's just, it is like, it, it does feel very fresh, I feel like. And I feel like you're still not going to agree with me that it was it had any merit at all. But um, <laughs> I feel like it it does feel like, um, it feels like an original, which I know like so many things of this movie have become touchstones that have been copied a million, a million times. But um, OK, that last part, I will 100 percent agree with. Right. So I feel like it is sort of this sort of very early like Rosetta Stone for a lot of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same thing with like with Halloween. I just. I have trouble not comparing it to Halloween because I do see Halloween, the original Halloween's flaws, but I think it's still like better than the sum of its flaws. And I just don't think this movie is Um, because I think with the, the thing the 2006 version did better, quote unquote, it moves faster. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely gives us way too much story. Like I don't give a shit about what's going on in these flashbacks. I appreciate them trying to do something different while still keeping to the original. Um, I think like in between these two movies, there's a really good movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if they could be, they could, if we could make a sandwich of the two movies, that would be very fresh. Yeah. And if we had a good editor who would say, no, stop that. No, we don't need another scene of them walking around, talking, doing nothing. Um, I think that these two movies could be really great, but I think a lot of the, the characters are flat. I think a lot of the the boring stuff is like so boring. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think we spend enough time with like like Margot Kidder, Kidder clearly has the best kill in the movie. Um and I don't think we get enough like if it's a horror movie there's not a, there like the kills happen off screen most of the time. Yeah. Um you know Andrea Martin just dies. Like the we don't see her die. She like goes in a room and then later we see her dead body. Um and I think like 
for me to like it more. There had to have been a little bit more of like cool things happening. I don't know. The calls don't feel creepy to me. It just feels oh, like really? a random guy yelling. Um, he's not like quite threatening them. It just like uh, I feel like I've had a customer call at work do that. Like okay, well, you, you should report that. Ian. <laughs> no, but, like I think that's what makes it scary to me. Yeah, like, you've gotten like I mean I've done customer service jobs. Like I mean like it feels like a customer service call that you do that you are Margot Margo Kidder about, and you're like, all right, get you know get bent, whatever she says. Yes, and um, I would get murdered. And then like <laughs> like a second later, some mysterious person jumps out and, and throws a laundry bag over your head. Like, it's just like, it's like, it's very, like, it's not like, I wouldn't want this to be some really well thought out, like jokey. Hello, Sydney sort of voice. Yeah. Um, like, I don't want it to be coherent. Like this is somebody who does not have a plan. This is someone who's well, just like a woman, a woman made fun is, of me. I'm now going to go stabby. Like it's just very, I would, I would agree yeah. with that if there was ever a reveal, but the fact that there's never a reveal, I don't find that like edgy or cool. I just find that like, ugh, you just wasted my time. These people all died off screen. Even the main character who dies, like who gets attacked and her boyfriend who you think is a killer. They, that attack happens off screen. Um, so like, what's the, where's the, where's the intrigue? Well, Billy like, it feels is like... so intriguing as a character because we don't even know his name is Billy, right? We just get these phone calls. These phone right, calls are just, just Billy. screaming phone calls of like, like it, it almost feels like he's like recalling moments of his childhood and like acting it out over the phone yeah. or like, like screaming about like, like Agnes and like, where's Agnes? And like, and then he goes into Agnes's voice and screaming, no, Billy, no. And then back to Billy, back to Ag. Like, it's so demented and deranged and just insane that I think that's incredible. Like, if somebody fucking called me like that, oh I, I would be gone, man. No, I would be I, gone. I wouldn't know where to go. I'd be like, I'm in the house? <laughs> He'd be, I'd be in the house? Or I'd be trying to leave. You don't You don't have any street lights, so you're you're stuck. I'd be, I'd be trying to go to my car. He'd be in the car. Like, just, I, just, I feel like I'd shut the fuck down like i'd feel like i would like the 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 fact that we don't at the end get well we caught this guy he was he was an escaped prisoner and you know he did this this and this like i think the fact that we don't have anything that that is so perfect because then it's like what the fuck kind of guy is this and then he kind of just goes back into the attic at the end you know and it's like shit and you just see an eyeball and then like a hand it's so like Nobody would do this now. Like, and maybe and you're like, good, but like, it's like, nobody would do, <laughs> nobody would like, this wouldn't make it past one focus group. They'd be like, you have to shoot a scene where the guy comes out and he said, lights a cigarette. He goes, well, it was me. And here's why I did it. And well, now that you, was a black Christmas. <laughs> this certainly was. A black, <laughs> like, I, like I, you have psycho for that. And everybody hates that part of psycho where the therapist comes out and he's like, here's why he dressed as mother. Like you don't No, need- no, that, that's the, the psycho, the, the, the relating it to psycho would be that when we find out the mother's been dead in the basement the whole time and the killer is actually him, not like someone describing what's going on. We don't ever find out the killer. Like we, if we, if in that, if the end of the scene was like, Oh, she's lying in bed and then someone is being arrested. We don't, even if they, so I will reference, there's a YA horror novel I read, I think last year called There's Someone Inside the House. Mm-hmm. And am I going to spoil this reveal? I'm going to spoil the reveal. Spoilers the reveal, ahead. Spoilers ahead. The, re- the reveal in the this horror book, 
which happens about halfway through, is that it's just some random student doing it. Mm -hmm. It's like she recognizes him from one of her classes, but like isn't someone she spoke to, isn't someone that was, it was like he was literally just killing like random people in his town because he had like got, became unhinged. And like, that's okay. Like for me, that's fine. I kind of like that it happened halfway through and then it's like they know who the killer is. But like, I don't need a full explanation. I just need like a, a like, so, like a, not an ethereal killer. Like I need it to be it was, like that person. Was, I don't need to know why okay. it just can be like, like if she was like, if we saw the killer and it was no one she knew and it, you know, the person then got away after he beat her up or whatever he did to her, I would also be okay with that. But I don't know. It just feels like if we're not seeing the kills, if it's a, and Zachary has described it as a whodunit, if it's a whodunit and we don't know who done it, then like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. And we're not seeing the kills. We're not seeing like, for me, I just feel uh, and like maybe if Olivia Hussey was more dynamic, I would have liked it more. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think it all goes down to taste, right? It's like, what, it's what do you want to see out of something like this? Um, me personally, like, I, I like this, and I like that we have to find these context clues and put them all together to kind of create our own picture of Billy. Because even the girl who's found dead in the park, you know, she, uh, we're meant to assume that it's the same guy who did that who's doing this. You know, it just adds to this, like, what the f is going on, like air. Like, there's this sort of vibe of like what is happening? Yeah. How is it all connected? Like, it just feels very, it feels very found footagey almost. Mm -hmm. Like it feels very just like, there's nothing to connect it. And I kind of like, you know, like I, it's one of those things, like you said, Zach, it's just taste. Like I like things to be, I like it better when it's unfinished. And well, it's, it's like, it's like true crime. That's isn't why it? Like, everything I like is like an absolute flop. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it is not widely loved. Like, like, because it is definitely like, I'd be like, Oh great. Like it's, it's like I've heard like from from David Lynch that he would have preferred like if he had gotten his way, he would have never revealed who killed Laura Palmer like ever. And yet that's one of the best episodes of the series. Exactly. Like so it is good, <laughs> but also like gag. Like wait, like all the all the cliches. Like imagine just like, all right, that was the very planned series finale where no one, you know, like imagine like they had just ran for seven years. And we're allowed to finish on their own terms, and you just like, never do. <laughs> like I just, I love it. We kind of just, we kind of stumbled upon like a, a kind of a, um, a sort of an interesting solve for this, which would be it's really comes down to the music, maybe. Um, yeah. Because Black Christmas nineteen seventy four has like virtually no music to speak of. It's all sort of incidental Christmas stuff, or right. maybe some. I can't even remember. I don't even think there is a score. Um, but Halloween has this very evocative, albeit minimalist, um, score that's, that's just pulsing through the whole thing. And if it just, I feel like if you had done like a super cut of like some key scenes in Halloween, um, with no score, that's just Jamie Lee Curtis walking around yeah. fake Illinois with a pumpkin <laughs> for five minutes, <laughs> um, like with no score, people would be like, all right, people would be talking about it maybe the way and you're talking about Black Christmas, which is like, speed it up, hurry it up. Yeah. I mean, and John Carpenter uh, did that. Like, originally, yeah. uh, Halloween wasn't meant to have any music, and he showed it to people, oh. and they said, this is this is not scary. There's nothing scary about this. Um, and so he went back and did that. So maybe, like, Bob Clark didn't have that sort of, like, I don't know. He, he kind of created his own thing, and maybe nobody really, like, gave him notes on it or... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like, yeah, I feel like 
this is why you need to have your friends check you. Yeah. Um, this, I think Black Christmas could have been like reached that iconic level if it had that sort of creepy someone's watching you score that Halloween has, which is a lot of that. I mean, because again, and you're saying like, like almost every one of these complaints could be in some way applied to Halloween. Yeah. I will give, I will also give them credit. I mean, Zach mentioned this when we were watching it. Like I will give them credit for the final girl, like having an abortion storyline, which is like, yes. for like for sure unheard of back then is like still kind of unheard of now. Like, and it's never, she's never like shamed for that. She never questions it. Like it's, it's it yeah. was amazing watching it. Like she's never like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like she really is just like, this doesn't fit with my life plan right now. And here's what I'm doing. Sorry, boyfriend. Like it's really, really amazing. Like, and she didn't want to be with her boyfriend. She didn't even want to be with the baby daddy. So she did. You it was know. amazing. Like I, I really would tell people like this movie is important purely for that reason alone. Like it's, I cannot recall like another thing that didn't really make a very special episode out of it. So my, my favorite in the first movie, actually, I think more so even than Margot Kidder was the house mother. Mm-hmm. Cause I really liked the idea of this, like, you know, kind of like kind, maybe conservative presenting old lady who like actually kind of can't stand all of these girls and also is secretly drinking when they're not looking. <laughs> um, and I thought like immediately that's like, I'm like, ooh, this character's dynamic. I like them. Um, right. I like, and I like that she's like, like everything they say, she like puts on the like, oh, that's great girls as if she's like the woman from, uh, what's that fucking show I'm thinking of? Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> Oh, um, facts of life. God, facts of life. God, yes. she was old with, brains, Ian. I know, God. but like every time she's in front of the girls, right? That's how she presents as like this nice lady who like loves the girls and is like wants them. And then it like as soon as they're not around, is like, oh, these fucking kids. I can't. And she's a little body. Like she's got that sort of nasty, nasty art yeah. that she's got to hide from the freaked out dad. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love that. I, the, yeah, and I like that scene where she's hiding um, the girl's painting and she like puts her hand over the vagina in the like whatever. <laughs> it's just like, so freaking, it looks like the, like the Clockwork Orange Boys bar. Like, <laughs> like, crazy. And also the fact that she's not letting it like cut her act. Like she's still 100% with this man. Like, oh, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. While there's like paintings of like naked people around her. And like, she's still not cracking. She's good at keeping up the air. Um, and I, Andrea Martin has the range. So I kind of wish they would have given her that in the new one. Right. Uh, because I think she would have nailed that and even made it like kind of funny, right? Because mm-hmm. she's good. I'm looking up and I just can't stop looking at it. And I, I know we said the most iconic death in the original was Margot Kidder's um, death by unicorn toy. Right. Um, but I feel like we can't not talk about the most iconic thing, uh, which is on the poster, which is um, the plastic oh, bag yeah. over the face, which is just the poster alone. See, before I even um, had ever seen this movie, before I was even watching horror, I remember being like 10 in a blockbuster and just seeing this video and being just like so freaking bothered by it. Like, I just yeah. was like, she had a bag over her face. That's Christmas time everywhere. Like, I, I, I <laughs> it was so, like, it's stuck in my brain. So, what I finally, by, by the time I was ready to watch the movie, I was like really like oh, I don't know if I want to watch it. I'm a little nervous. Like, um, and I just think it's. I mean, I, I encourage everybody to go Google the original Black Christmas 
um, poster. It's it, just, it, and, it, and they've used hard. that on every poster since too, um, on every, you know, updated poster, because it, it is such an iconic kill in that movie that, you know, everybody's told by their parents, you know, don't put the bag over your head. Like right. for some fucking reason, that's what we want to do. That's our natural instinct is to stick our bag in a head or our head in a bag. But, um, yeah, they, you, yeah. they utilize that. Bob Clark utilized so, that. Like and, you don't even need blood. Like it's yeah, just so like her death looks so ugly. Like it's just, and it's the cover of the, the VHS in the store. Like any kid could see it. It was just like, Bleh. and it's just, the opening kill. And then yeah. it's the, it's, it's the final shot of the movie also and with it's never, cause nobody went up to the attic. Like no, we haven't gotten to that point. Like, yeah. Like, oh my God, she's up there. Let's go. Let's go to black Christmas, 2006 though. Um, I can <laughs> uh, directed by Glenn Morgan, who worked on like Final Destination Three, X Files, um, and it has so many of like the It girls of the time. This is this yeah. is what I love about this movie is it looks great. It is it is a fantastic looking movie, and the the, the cast that they have was just. It was great. Katie Cassidy, Michelle, Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Lacey Chabert, Andrea Martin, like so good. Um, it is such the cast is wild yeah. because it's like a convergence of like Katie Cassidy wasn't really like she became more famous afterwards, but Lacey Chabert and uh, Michelle Trachtenberg were like very famous at the time. And like Mary Elizabeth Winstead also hadn't done that much at this point. Right? She was Final Destination three. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how she knew Glenn Morgan as she did Final Destination 3. Because also the uh, I don't even have the actress's name here. Crystal Lowe, um, the the one who played the drunk sister. Um, she was in Final Destination Three as well. Yeah. Huh. And this was like the this was even pre um Mary Elizabeth Winstead being in Death Proof. So yeah, this is like kind of very early for her. Yeah. And I feel like Death Proof Scott Pilgrim and then like the that Die Hard movie are like the things that kind of made her blow up. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And it's just it's a pretty movie, you know. And like they're styled perfectly. Their hair is all great. Their hair is amazing hair in this movie. Michelle Trachtenberg fantastic. looks like like <laughs> if they'd have done season eight of Buffy, this would be her styling for season eight of Buffy. You know, um, everyone's yeah. hair looks like that clip from the Buffy credits where Sarah Michelle Gellar like flips her head around and like it's from like season five or something like that. Like it looks like that. We're like the everywhere everyone agrees to be the perfect Buffy hair kind of Do you want me to tell you how I know exactly <laughs> what scene that is? That's from the season five scene where she tells Graham, if you tell me to hurry up, I'll kick your ass. And that's when she is that uh, and she's in their dorm. Yeah. For that nothing of a moment we got that iconic look. Like that's great. Oh, so good. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I mean, so like, the, I don't know. I think it was a, it was a, all the stars were aligned for this movie. I do, un, I do understand that there were uh, instances of studio interference between you know Bob and Harvey Weinstein and and the filmmakers here, which always fucks up a story anyway. But um, uh, Weinstein's interfering. Not my uh, Weinstein. I know, right? <laughs> Surely you Weinstein's <laughs> crossing boundaries. My God. Um, and like you very much feel it in this. Yes, movie. but yeah. but upon a little bit more research, I think Glenn Morgan was already going with background story and like he already had some of these elements already set up. I think the Weinsteins just they wanted the second killer, so they wanted Agnes. They wanted uh, uh, some of the deaths to be different. I think the the original movie was probably going to be a little bit slower, like like 74 yeah. um and they just wanted to ramp it up make it balls to the wall horror you know 
I just feel like you, with this movie, you, I mean, with that feeling, you just get this vibe of like, it's not any one person's vision. You don't get that sort of, yeah. with Black Christmas 1974, like, whatever you feel about it, like, it's, um, it's very much like this is one person made this. Yeah, and like like seventy four and a Christmas story, you can watch those like pretty close together and see that 100. it's Bob Clark. Um, yeah, and with this, I agree. I totally agree. It, it seems like a bunch of different cooks in the kitchen. Ian, you want a little bit of payoff with the killer, but you also didn't care about any of this backstory. So what? Um, I don't know what <laughs> what works for you. Hold on. So what All right, worked smart guy. What would you do with Black Christmas? What, <laughs> what worked for you with this? One, I think with with Billy overall. Well, if you girls are done barking, I'll tell you exactly how I would have done it. <laughs> A sorority of our own. I. The thing is. Literally, if they made her boyfriend who was against her having an abortion and smashed the piano the killer, it would have 100% made me like it more. It would have I would have been so much happier with the movie because um, I don't need this full backstory. Although I can appreciate what they were trying to do in this movie with giving all the backstory. They're trying to like make it different yeah. from the original, but still like it makes it, it, of course, makes sense. It's just like I just don't care. And it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um and it's also too much that Andrea Martin knows that entire fucking story. <laughs> like, how did she it, know the story? Right. It's just like, oh, she lives in this house where all this awful shit happened, and suddenly she's surprised the killers. Like, like there, there's the killer living in the house. Yeah. I don't know. It's that, very like, like what they saddled um, uh, Maggie Smith with in some of the early Harry Potter movies, where they'd be like. She'd be like, oh, um, this story, I know the whole thing. The Chamber of Secrets <laughs> is this. It, opened, it opens this way. But I don't, don't ask me. I don't know anything more than that. Yeah. Like, well, I think I just know the whole story. Like, they, she had to info dump, I swear to God, almost every movie. Like, I think with this now. one, Andrea Martin, so I think it said, they say it somewhere in there, um, that she became house mother in 93. And then I think the, the year he killed... Um, his parents and like gouged his sister's eye out was only a couple years before that. So I don't know, maybe she, she would have been aware of everything going on just from news stories, whatever. Um, still kind of weird that they put a sorority right in that house. So soon after and saddled, you know, a house mother with that, but eh, you know, it's, it means classic horror movie bullshit. It's just like, why would you move into that hat? Like it's that, it's, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I'm just that I'm splitting hairs. I don't really care as much about that. Um, but yeah, like, it's also weird that it didn't take place that long ago. It's weird that, like, where is this in relation to? Because, like, in the original, it felt like it was kind of on campus, right? Yeah. And in this, I would assume it's not if those, like, murders happen. But also, how would she know the specifics of the mother fucked her son? Yeah. And there was like a daughter, but the daughter like didn't die. Like, I don't know that there's like specifics that she knows without knowing that like the daughter is still living in that fucking house. Yeah. It's there's, there's, there's a lot of confusion there. And like the boyfriend knows about it all too. And right. you know, it's, it, it doesn't make much sense. I think. That's why you don't need a backstory. Like you really just don't like it. Just, yeah. It, you, I swear to God, like it. you don't need this crap. I did see again, like I'm fighting myself here with it because I didn't like any of the backstory. I thought the incest thing was really out of place. It just didn't, it didn't need to be there. Totally unnecessary. And then 
But I, you know, the the smoking mother. I always love a smoking, you know, husky voiced mother. So I liked her. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I liked some of the elements of that. I just didn't like. Uh, I didn't like it in there. So yeah. it's, it's funny. I love I love that you're even argumentative with yourself. I'm fighting you're myself like, wow. right now. I'm just on a podcast <laughs> by myself. <laughs> we. I'm trying to think of other things like. This movie also, I will say, the 2006 also does do annoying, like, deaths off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she kind of dies off screen. Like, she's just in that car. Oh, I like that, though. Um, see? I like that. Okay, so hold on, hold on. So I like that, but I would have loved it if it had played out perfectly. So um, uh, Miss Mac is, like, you know, trying to get the, the ice off the windshield. She sees that whole thing happen, starts backing up, and instead of getting, like, killed with an ice or uh, an icicle, you know, she she's backing up, and Billy's getting out of the car, and it's that slow buildup and that, like, I don't know, that, that tension. Um, but then instead, you know, she just backs up and gets knocks over an icicle, and it hits her in the eye. But Oh, I hate that. Yeah crazy um there okay so there's one thing i really hate in a horror movie which i know a lot of horror movies do do this it's like an accidental death i like that feels too wacky for me and i know it's not supposed to be played that way it's supposed to be like oh shit she died but it just always feels like zany um if it's like oop this person tripped and they died the killer didn't kill them like that just is like that should not happen in these movies i don't think that there should be accidental deaths like that like even eve we see her for 0.2 seconds the the weird girl who lives in billy's room um 0.2 seconds and she even gets like a better kill than miss mac did you know she gets her head cut off like do something right um i think andrew martin deserved a little bit better than that yeah and like also if like i'm in a big horror movie especially a remake of an old heart like give me a cool death i want to like and she could have gotten st- like it could have been she f- fell over and then he pulls off the ice pick and then stabs her with it, right? Yeah, something's. I mean, let's just get real bloody with it. If you're gonna go for it, go for it, right? Yeah. There's a lot of ice picks through the eye, which I did read that was the studio. Was that? Yeah, yeah the studio wanted them to add the eye. That was just to too much. I think gory. so. There's a there's a there's a an alternate death for Melissa Michelle Trachtenberg, and that was one of those. Is she gets a bag um, thrown around her face, and then he like stabs her in the eye, which I, I don't like her death anyway all that much. But I'm glad they didn't go with that. Yeah, the, what is it like an ice skate that like chops the off part of, of her, her head, head and yeah. it like makes no sense. Yeah, it's it's. Cause you want, I mean, it's fucking dawn. You got, they have to know what she's coming off of and they got to know, like Buffy fans are going to go watch that just because of her. Right. And they want to see her do something. Um, yeah, like if she's not the final girl, give her a real give fucking her, girl. Yeah. So, right. so in the, yeah, in the trailer, if you watch the trailer, there was I, I remember being so pissed about this when I was when I was a kid, um, because I I wasn't allowed to go see it in the theater. I don't fucking know why. My parents never had rules about this stuff, but for some reason, I wasn't allowed to go see that one. Um, but in the trailer, there's all these cool deaths, like somebody rolling off of a roof and getting tangled in Christmas lights and getting like pulled by by their feet and like i don't know all these cool like death scenes and then you watch the movie and none of them are in there they're not in deleted scenes and it was just the studio going back and shooting some more exciting content for the trailer which is so weird. yeah i mean they apparently they do that though apparently they do that a lot yeah they they like it's either like a come it's like i know rogue one had that but that was a lot of reshoots as as a kid i would always look on imdb well we didn't have imdb i would always look on like whatever posting board or whatever shit um and i loved reading about Shit like that, and then being like, "Ooh, look, I noticed," and thinking yeah. I was like, you know, king shit. 
I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like this movie, like, does this thing where it'll take a few steps in the right direction and then it'll, like, just completely go sideways. So, like, I don't know. There's yeah. there's a lot of a lot of moments like this. You know, they have the cool setup with Miss Max's death and then they just completely kill it. They don't do anything worthwhile. Um, Lacey Shabirds, I thought hers was pretty brutal. Um, I thought her, God, remind me of her death. I don't even remember. She got pulled underneath the, the porch and, like, the rake, the rake in the back of the head. Remember? Oh right! Yeah, I thought that's stuff like that. Like that's pretty harsh. Um, it's re- it's real like Halloween four, five, six type kills. Like it's really like mm-hmm. what? Like wow, yeah. that person really got it. And, like there's just these cool moments where like you know they they could set something really nice up and then they don't. But then like you know they go to the attic and they have this really cool like. Like, they start to kind of redeem themselves, and they have this really cool, you know, battle where, you know, she's stuck in the wall. I thought that was really good. Like, you want to watch a horror movie that's exciting like that? Well, that's that's the way to go. And then, what do they do? They put her ass in the hospital, and it's like, why? What what are you doing? Yeah. You know? It's weird. So, we get to the hospital, and it feels very, like... Uh, it's Scream 4. On. It's Scream 4, basically. It's it's that whole thing. Uh, but Scream 4 did it better. They did. They did right. do it better. But then, like, why are we chasing her down the hallway? Why is he, like, stabbing her in the back? And why... Like, I really didn't mind the two girls who ended up living. I pretty... I, I liked Lee a lot. Um, I liked Kelly. She was okay. I thought she, you know, had some good screams in there. But I really liked Lee. And then they just, like, what, cracked her neck? That is such a poor death in a horror movie yeah. where people are getting their eyes gouged out for like someone you think is the one of the you think there are two final girls like also just let her live then. Yeah. Like it feels like right. cheap at that point. Um, Like if that's like if in Scream 4, if like then we had killed uh, Marley Shelton or whatever. And it's like, ugh, don't do that in like the fucking epilogue or whatever. Yeah, it's. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. In general, I'm like, I feel like horror is, um, if it's such a fine line between horror and like action thriller. Um, yeah. And if it wasn't, which a lot of horror movies are like that, right? Yes. And even I would argue scream is like a action thriller more than a horror. Um, but, um, I say this as someone who wrote something that is sort of queasily on the line between horror and action thriller um it's it's a very easy thing like and and it all comes down to like how i think i think it all comes down to like something like this like how righteous the the final kill is um of of like like is the villain you know like killed in 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 like some crazy way or because i feel like setting michael myers on fire in two is horror because it's not like this big victorious where she goes you're canceled boom, boom. like she's like fucking line don't say that because somebody's gonna write that movie oh, that's gonna be the like, ending oh, this halloween kills is gonna have some like because halloween 2018 had kind of moments like that where it was like saucy line did uh, um and then and it just i i hate it every time um i'm just like i'm like i'm like <laughs> Have you ever been in like like we were in a position of like not having Wi-Fi for two weeks and I when when I was under that level of stress I couldn't come up with a single witty anything like I was like I can't even imagine but I feel like I really I feel like the the most correct version of like a horror ending is 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the first one, because it's literally just she barely escapes, she barely gets out yeah. of it, she can't even think, she's just laughing, and it's the adrenaline is like crushing her brain, like it just feels the most realistic, like she's not thinking like, <laughs> and that's da 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 da, like and that showbiz <laughs> Billy, and that's um, <laughs> and that's how I that's how I met your well, mother. That's, that's a perfect way to put it in like bringing up Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like that's perfect. It's like it's like you want to see if this is the final girl, then you see her get out of her situation, and that's all right. we need to see. That's what we don't need because because yes. then with the hospital part, it felt like they were setting it up. Like okay, well we need our setup for the sequel, but then they didn't even do any of that. Right. Like they they end up killing both of them anyway. Just again, um, so. It's like yeah, one too many rugs pulled out from under the audience. Yes. And this is, not to keep being like, well, another horror movie, but like, this always reminds me of, um, I was I was hearing uh, audio of um, Stanley Kubrick talk about The Shining, um, where they, have, have y'all seen the, like, the, I don't, know if, I, don't think, I don't know if you can see it, but there's like a deleted scene, there was like a deleted epilogue from The Shining um, movie. And it's, um, it's basically uh, uh, Shelley Duvall and the kid escape into town. Um, and they, it's basically like Shelley Duvall in the hospital um, uh, talking to the police. And the police are like, yeah, we, we sent somebody up to the, to the, to the overlook. Couldn't find, couldn't find your husband's body anywhere. Like there was, it, there was like a, it was like a weird, like the thing. And, and they were just talking about it because they were just like, you know what? They escape. The freaking movie's over. Like, we've already done the thing where he's the ghost in the painting or the ghost in the picture. Like, right. it was just like, it was just a hat on a hat. Like, it's just, it's too many. <laughs> like, it's just, you're pulling one too many rugs out. Like, it just feels like, I, I think Zach, you said this before. It's just like, it feels like there's one ending and then everything after that is like Return of the King ending where it just keeps ending. Yeah, and if you if if you're going to do some sort of like hospital post whatever, put it in the sequel. You know, just make a shitty sequel and, and yeah. throw it in there. But like right. the story ends when our final girl gets away. That's it. Um, I don't know. Oh, just, Ian, you. <laughs> so you got two final girls here. You don't like either movie. Um, which which final <laughs> girl do you like better? Katie Cassidy is the better final yeah, girl. Perfect. I like that answer. Olivia Hussey's estate. I don't know if she's dead, but like, yeah, Olivia Hussey's estate is on the phone. She's yeah. really thinking you're going in too hard on her. But <laughs> she's a my bloody Judy listener, right? She's <laughs> super offended now. So wait, I so Olivia now that we're at the end, clipped. Now that we're at the end, can I? Can I? I so I always do like what I do for my Slayer Fest '98 notes, where I put favorite scene. Um, and for this, my favorite scene, I like usually do it after we're done watching. And so for the 2006 Black Christmas, which we weirdly, we didn't mention, but we watched it first. So I saw that one before I saw the 1974 one. I put favorite scene. My original answer was none, but then I remembered that wall scene happened. That was pretty cool. None. Like where they're fighting in the wall. Gosh, and for man. the 1974 version, I put favorite scene dot 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 three question marks because there wasn't oh my god you just shoot me in the heart again how are we supposed to watch this every year together if you're just not giving it the energy i require for this is invalid (laughs) we'll rewatch it this is wrong this is not acceptable Uh, (sighs) 
Favorite so scene, Adam. Are we doing favorite scenes? Yeah, I feel go like for someone it. deserves to say a favorite scene. <laughs> favorite movie, favorite like scene, but both movies. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Um, uh, yeah, my I think uh, my favorite scene in this one is um, I think it's the ending shot. I feel like it's the like you've got the like it's so creepy that she's still up there with the bag on her face, um, and then they just pull back, and then you've got this like. Um, just beautiful scenic with the snow falling and the, and the Christmas lights and then the sort of ghostly Christmas music coming in and then the soft credits come up. Like, I just think it's like such a perfect little moment of an ending. Zach, what's your favorite? What are your favorite scenes? I like the opening of the 74 where she, the first, the first girl's death. And then, uh, 2006, I like the whole attic climax. Pretty yeah. big fan of that. Um, but yeah, so we're coming to the end of our, our two-in-one Black Christmas episode. Uh, we want to thank you guys all for watching, or for, I guess, listening. Um, listening. Where can everybody find you, Adam? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Adam Sass. You can find me on Instagram at It's Adam Sass. And then you can buy Surrender Your Sons wherever you buy your books. And what about you, Ian? And you can find me at Ian X Carlos on all social media platforms. And you can find my podcast about Buffy and other pop culture things, SlayerFest98 at SlayerFestX98 on all social platforms. And then SlayerFest98 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. How about you, Zachary? Where can everyone find you? <laughs> YouTube and uh, Instagram at Adventures of Zach and B. Twitter, Adventures Z and B. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys have happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you next week with Freaky. Bye. Bye.